Since 2015, Pop Health Podcast has brought to you some of the best minds in healthcare, including leaders from government, not-for-profit, and investor-backed powerhouses, as they share successes, failures, and how our audience can move forward in today's constantly evolving healthcare world. Thank you for joining us for today's episode presented by 24-Hour Home Care. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special annual enrollment period episode of Pop Health Podcast. I'm Gavin Ward, host of Pop Health Podcast. In today's episode, I had the opportunity to sit down with Dr. Jamie Sharp, who is Vice President and Chief Medical Officer for Aetna Medicare, which is a CVS health company. In today's episode, besides getting to know Jamie's love for Colorado, where she spent most of her life, I learned about her journey from frontline physician to being a leader at one of the nation's largest insurance organizations, where her part of Aetna serves nearly 10 million older adults. In today's episode, we learn how Aetna is uh, serving in 46 states, some of the supplemental benefits they're rolling out. And I like how Jamie talks about my COVID question. It's not a COVID episode, but she talks about what hasn't changed because of COVID. And which I thought was a neat answer. And she goes into a little bit more. She also talks about Aetna's focus on social determinants of health. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, feel free to check out other episodes of Pop Health Podcast by checking us out on our YouTube channel, our website, popphealthpodcast.com, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the show. Well, we have Dr. Jamie Sharp on the show with us today, and uh, I call her Jamie. So, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me today, Gavin. Looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. Same here. So, uh, Jamie, I'm not sure if you've seen our shows in the past or listened to the shows, but what we like to do is get to know the guest a little bit before we get into kind of the core healthcare content. So for you, uh, would you mind sharing with our audience something outside of the healthcare world, outside of the workplace about yourself, a fun fact, a hobby, anything like that? Mm, Okay. Um, I do have kind of an interesting hobby and it evolved out of kind of my daily activities. So I'm an early riser. I like to get in some kind of workout in the morning. So 5am out with the dogs for a backcountry trail, headlamp on. And during those experiences, there's, you know, elk, foxes, coyotes, a variety of animals out there. And so it's really kind of a a cool, surreal experience. But during that time, I've run into all these antlers that have been dropped by deer or elk. And they can be like hiding in the bushes or the trees or under rocks. And I don't know, I have like this sixth sense that there's an antler over there. My dogs will go over and we find these like, I think they're like works of art. They're so cool. These antlers, some of them are huge trying to haul out like an elk antler, but it's kind of fun. And it's just been part of my daily routine that's turned into a little bit of a hobby. So what do you do with these antlers? Are they like at your home? Is it a trade show you go to? I mean. No, most of them I've just either left out there. Some of them I brought home, put in the house or given them to friends. Some of the dogs like to chew on just kind of a variety of things. It just depends. You know, you find little tiny ones and you find huge ones, but they're also unique and beautiful. Wow. So with antlers, do they, I'm very unfamiliar with, with antlers. Do they just naturally fall off as animals grow or? Amazing. But every year they shed their racks. And so, you know, those huge racks on elk, they've got to grow that. And then they're shedding those usually springish, but they're out there all times of the year. It's just usually they're pretty well hidden and hard to find. And somehow I've just developed this ability to kind of track them down. So it's fun. Awesome. I can see you uh, like on the Discovery Channel in the future. There you go. <laughs> uh, once, uh, yeah. Um, okay. So 
I know you're in Colorado and we'll talk a little bit later. You've kind of, you've, from what I can tell professionally, you've kind of stuck around Colorado. So is that where you've grown up or where are you from? Yeah, absolutely. So born in Colorado and then we moved a lot around a lot growing up, mostly Northwest, Midwest, but always came back to Colorado. And I think it's because of the mountains. I'm really just a mountain person. I love being out in the surroundings, you know, with the lakes, the rivers, the mountains. And Colorado people, they just have this enthusiasm, this energy, love for the outdoor life. And I haven't been able to find that anywhere else. So it's always kind of pulled me back here. Awesome. I've been to uh, Denver just briefly in Fort Collins for a little bit, but I know um, a lot of folks from where I'm from, California, want to move out there. I know it's uh, certain areas of Colorado have really grown. Uh, hopefully traffic isn't getting a lot worse for you out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly an issue. There's no doubt about it. Gotcha. So mostly Colorado. Um, and then you ended up going to, uh, as you're moving up in your life and going to college, you ended up going to Western State and then the University of Colorado. Um, yeah. What attracted you to those organizations? You bet. So Western State is hard to resist. It's like in the center of the state and it's close to Crested Butte, which is certainly a place you should visit sometime. Not that far from Aspen. So totally surrounded by mountains. So I had the pleasure of studying all day, doing my labs, getting really into my schoolwork. But then the afternoons, I could go mountain bike, hike, ski, fish. I mean, it just is the, the ideal place to be able to learn and enjoy life at the same time. Okay, awesome. And the physician motivation, what attracted you to you know study and, and go to med school eventually? You bet. So that's kind of an easy one. Growing up, my mom decided to go back to school when I was in middle school and she wanted to become a nurse. And I quickly became her tutor. And I would go through flashcards with her on medications or different types of care schemes. And it just kind of intrigued me. And then I also spent time with my grandmother. She had breast cancer for many years. And towards the end, I lived with her in the summers and would accompany her on physician visits. And just going into those offices and seeing mostly positive, but sometimes negative impact that the doc, the nurse, the front staff could have on her during that really hard time in her life just made me think, you know what, this is what I want to do. I want to positively support people as they go through some of those life transitions around healthcare. And so that gave me a clear direction from the beginning, the day I went into you know, college, I knew I wanted to go to med school. Okay, got it. And so you did med school. And then if I, if I did my research properly, um, internal medicine was towards the beginning. Then you switched over to, or you became a hospitalist and then shifted into the insurance and leadership consulting world. Um, were you always, when you're doing med school, were you thinking internal medicine was for you or did you kind of yeah. fall into it? That's so hard, Gavin, because every rotation you do, you fall in love with that one, right? You want to be a rehab specialist one week. The next time you're thinking, oh, I'm going to be an orthopedic surgeon. They're all so exciting and new that I kind of ended up in internal medicine. One, because the University of Colorado is a very primary care focused um, school and they support that and the community engagement. But I just thought, you know what, internal medicine is going to open the world to me. I'm going to be able to have as many different types of experiences that I could. So that's why I chose to become an internist. Okay, got it. And then the term hospitalist, I've been in healthcare for 20 years. I know those are the docs that are at the hospitals visiting yeah. the patient. Can you give a, a quick reminder or overview of what exactly a hospitalist is? You bet. There's been a whole new creation, right? With sniffists and hospitalists and nocturnists 
so I was an outpatient doc with a, a good practice for about nine years. And then a few of my residency mates said, hey, let's develop a hospitalist practice at a couple of hospitals. So we started as hospitals who only work in the hospital, only take care of patients as they get admitted from the ER, go to the floor, go to surgery, go to the ICU. You take care of them through that entire stay, and then you coordinate back with their primary care doc. So I'm 100% focused in the hospital. And honestly, hospitals have always just been places that I love. I like the feel, even the smell. Just It's just an environment that I thought was really fun, fast-paced. And the intensity is, you know, overwhelming. These people are coming in with a horrible life experience. And it's your role to make them feel more calm, secure, and kind of walk them through that acute episode. So really love to be in a hospitalist as well. Okay, great. That uh, makes a lot of sense. So at, you're doing, you know, frontline care as a practicing physician, and then you ultimately shift out into more leadership consulting strategy roles and eventually end up at Humana. Can you walk us through that journey from frontline patient care to ultimately getting to Humana and where you are today? Yeah, that was a tough one. So that was back in about 2013. As I was being a hospitalist, I got more involved in kind of the administrative things, more committees, throughput committees, developed a pre-op lab and pre-op evaluation clinic for those patients that were coming into the hospital. So started sort of moving out into administration a little bit. Then I had a good friend who came to me and said, look, I got this opportunity for you to be at Humana, focused on senior products. And again, the senior population was really where I wanted to be. And you're going to help to build our post-acute network, our utilization management teams, our care management teams. And honestly, Gavin, most of that was really foreign to me, right? I was was used to like taking care of patients. I didn't even know what a lot of those acronyms meant. But I thought it was a time in my life that I was ready for something new, ready to make that jump. And Humana was a great experience, huge, steep learning curve, but laid a great foundation for me within, with outside of clinical care in healthcare. So I spent a couple of years there helping support their MA plan in Colorado and New Mexico. Definitely grateful for that. Okay, great. And then, so today you're with Aetna. Correct. How did you ultimately end up at Aetna? So lots of cool experiences along the way. I think um, one that really stands out to me is uh, working with Evelyn Health. And I was the clinical lead for next generation ACO. So I had like three different sites across the United States. And what I enjoyed most is getting back to those provider relationships. So whether it was talking to a provider at his office, um, one-on-one or in a large group setting, giving them some knowledge about what ACOs were and how important it was for them to support their patients through that ACO experience to give additional clinical innovations, additional support to members so they can have better outcomes. And it's kind of a race in a next gen, right? It's a year that you've got to improve those outcomes. So it was fast paced. It was back working with providers and it was a, a great experience overall. So spend some time there um, at Evelyn Health, moved to Nava Health, who you all might be familiar with, working in yes. the post-acute space, again, directed for, for seniors, making sure that they have the best possible transition to SNF or for LTAC and then back home. And then for the last, I guess it's now six months, I've had the honor of being um, the CMO of Medicare at Aetna. And it was hard to resist, right? I get to be focused on that population that I'm most passionate about, 
get to be part of this trifecta of a health plan, a PBM, and a retail solution that will allow us to bring kind of transform healthcare and bring better options to all our members, not just our seniors. Absolutely. So all that makes sense to me. I'm going to backtrack a little bit for our audience that may not be veterans in healthcare. Yeah. Um, so for those of you that are watching or listening, you may have heard uh, Jamie talk about ACOs. So that's accountable care organizations. And really what that means is these organizations, these doctors groups are helping our patients have positive outcomes and they're getting paid based on the outcome ultimately. So for those of you, uh, if you heard that term earlier, also PBM, uh, pharmacy benefit manager, if, yeah. I, uh, if I understand that correctly. So folks, uh, you know, the insurance world isn't my expertise. It's definitely Jamie's, but kind of wanted to backtrack and and kind of emphasize or clarify what, what she's saying. She knows so much uh, that I have to uh, myself think, oh, whoa, 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 let me take these notes. What does that mean again? Uh, so I might slow you down, Jamie, in the next few minutes if we... Uh, uh, you know so much. I might cl ask for clarification on a couple of things. Hope you don't mind. No, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So um, I had the opportunity to attend the health conference in Boston, Massachusetts a couple of weeks ago. And CVS, which is the parent of Aetna, for those of you that don't know, and Aetna Medicare. Um, how is CVS a part or the parent of Aetna? What's that connection? How does CVS impact um, some of the work you're doing, let's say? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And so CVS, you know, Aetna is the health unit of CVS, one of the units, and they have multiple divisions within um, CVS Health. But now we're all together as, as one family. And with Aetna and CVS, our goal is to service members, to bring them knowledge, to bring them resources so that they can make the best decisions about their own health care. And so we have a variety of customers, as you can imagine, so not just seniors, but obviously we have students, we have healthcare workers, we have large groups, we have government agencies, individuals, just across the board, we're servicing a huge part of the United States, again, with bringing them resources to improve their health. I've been an Aetna member, at least at one point in my life. I don't remember exactly when, but yes. Yeah. Um, but today we really want to talk about Aetna Medicare right? And those older adults. And I love the story of your grandmother, which clearly was an inspiration for you early on in life. So Aetna Medicare, 65 plus population we're talking about today. Give us a quick overview of Aetna Medicare, high level. Yeah. So at a high level right now, we're supporting about 9.8 million Medicare members within our Aetna services. And so those services would be Medicare Advantage plans, Medicare prescription drug plans that are kind of standalone. And then we have Medicare supplemental benefits. So all those together is just about 10 million Americans that are involved in that. Um, that the plans are going to vary, obviously, across the role. But the, the idea for 2020 was to make sure that we were making those plans affordable, accessible, and more convenient for our, our seniors. Okay, great. And you talk about affordable so and accessible, which we'll, we'll touch on a little bit more here. So when someone has a Medicare Advantage plan, let's say uh, Aetna, um, and I know they have multiple choices. So do you have plans where a senior you know, has no out-of-pocket monthly premium, for example? Absolutely. So that was one of the big changes for 2022 is we wanted to expand that option to have that $0 monthly premium. 
Right now, we've done that so that it's probably accessible to about 84% of Medicare beneficiaries across the United States can tap into that plan for Medicare Advantage. So they're going to have a high quality plan that's going to deliver a ton of benefits, but zero monthly copay is huge. On top of that, two out of three of our Medicare Advantage individual plans allow folks to have that zero monthly premium, also zero copay when you're going to your primary care doc. Nice. Zero copay if you're getting labs and zero copay if you're getting a lot of preventative services. So across the board, we're trying to eliminate those barriers. We want to make sure that members are getting into their doc, taking care of their acute problems before they blow up and become too big, addressing their prevention. So making sure they're getting their mammograms or colonoscopies, their eye exams. And then lastly, working with their primary care doc on a regular basis to not just stabilize chronic problems, but improve upon them, make sure that they're getting that monitoring and those adjustments as they need to. So all those are ways that we're making it more affordable for our members. That's nice. Uh, you, heard, you mentioned zero copay on the labs. Um, I'm not a Medicare Advantage beneficiary, as you probably can imagine. And yeah. uh, there have been some recent events of those I love in my life recently. And those... Uh, some of those bills are definitely adding up. So um, I love my mom's a Medicare Advantage beneficiary. Uh, she gets some of the benefits you're talking about. Um, so yes, makes makes some great sense. Speaking of benefits, um, this can be traditional MA plan, a Medicare Advantage plan benefits, or it could be supplemental. But what would you say with your Aetna population? Actually, let me let me backtrack really quickly. Where is Aetna Medicare? What areas of the country are you located in? Yeah, we are across about. 46 states now um, with most of our MA plans are just supplemental or excuse me, just prescription are across all 50 states. So we've got a really broad footprint. In the duals population, we are just skyrocketing too. We're now across 27 states that we're serving those duals members, really vulnerable population that we feel at Aetna. We have the expertise, we have the resources that we can bring to the table and really take good care of those folks in, in the duals population. Okay, great. And uh, I know, so I'm based in California. Um, I believe you guys, you guys are definitely in California, like Sacramento, right. an example county. And I know in 2022, there's something called the CalAIM initiative, um, which members of your team might be leading or you might be aware of. And uh, there's some cool new benefits, but that's for the duals um, population. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So um, supplemental benefits. So we talked about this a lot since 2019 in the show when we have our mini series in the fall with uh, open enrollment, annual enrollment. What are some of the supplemental benefits that you guys have rolled out in the last few years or have had for a little bit that have seemed to be uh, have a good a good utilization, I guess, or popular among your beneficiaries or members? Yeah, you bet. So a few of the ones I'd like to highlight. One would be our over-the-counter benefit. So this is one that we've expanded across more states and we've increased the monthly allowance or excuse me, quarterly allowance. And so what this is, is it allows our members to go through a catalog, go to the store and make a phone call and have access to over-the-counter medications, whether it's cold medications or maybe they need something, some kind of new DME like a walker. They can use this over-the-counter benefit on a quarterly basis to purchase those items at no cost. Awesome. They can be delivered to your home. So it's really been well-received and one that we're kind of expanding. 
Similar to that, we at CVS Health believe in all of our folks living smoke-free lives. So we have a similar over-the-counter benefit that is attributed directly to gums, lozenges, patches, all those things that help you to get away from that nicotine, be healthier, and live a longer life. So that's one, the over-the-counter benefit. A new one for this year that I love, and I wish I had it for myself, is we have changed our prescription drug maximum refill from 90 days, which is common, right, to be able to get that 90 days to 100 days at okay. no extra charge to, to our members. And so I think this is going to help improve medication adherence and just make it more convenient. It just gives you more time to refill those, those medications. The other thing we focus on this year, Gavin, is really addressing social determinants of health. I think the pandemic has amplified that. Yes. So we all realize how important it is to make sure that you have food, that you're sheltered well, that you have access to transportation. And so we've made some additional benefits. We have that healthy foods benefit, which again is an allowance benefit. You can reach out to over 30,000 retailers across the United States purchase these food items, fruit, vegetables, whatever it might be to kind of supplement you and make sure that you're able to, to eat healthy. Similarly, we have the transportation benefit. We have a utility stipend card for some of our low income members on DSNP plans. So really focusing on how we can help members with those challenges around social determinants of health. And I think this will be a key area that we want to focus in the, in the future as well. Awesome. Audience, uh, obviously, those of you who are in the industry or who play close attention, pay close attention, uh, social determinants is a, a phrase uh, oftenly used today. Um, you might see it as SDOH in acronyms. Um, so, yeah, appreciate you highlighting that. Now, we don't want this episode to be a COVID-focused episode by any means, but we got to bring it up, right? So, we've had the pandemic 18 months. Um, what tangibly has changed with Aetna's offerings or strategy on the Medicare side because of COVID? Yeah, I almost, I almost want to come back with what hasn't changed, <laughs> right? COVID has impacted every part of our life, whether it's how you access healthcare, how you communicate with your families. You know, my parents are having uh, WebEx dinners with friends. Yeah. Um, you're getting more deliveries coming to your house. So it's made us step back and reimagine how we're going to design benefits for our members. And one of the areas that we've looked at a lot, especially for seniors, is the impact of social isolation. So they've been pulled away from those family members, especially those grandkids, and it has a definite negative impact, not only on their mental health, but also on their physical health. And so we wanted to see, hey, what can we do to help out those members? And so we've expanded our collaboration with a company called Papa Incorporated, yeah. Not sure you've heard of Papa. I have. Papa's awesome. Papa connects members and their families with a Papa Pal. And so that Papa Pal can spend in most states about 10 hours a month with our member. And they can do anything. Maybe they're just going to come to the house and help you set up that new iPhone. Or they're going to take you to the doctor's office or, or take you shopping. Maybe it's just companionship. You're going to play cards or go walk in the park. We're really excited to be expanding that relationship and making sure that we're helping our members get some kind of companionship during this time. The other part of COVID I think that we all understand is that people are using telemedicine more often. And it hasn't just been in the commercial space. It's definitely been in the Medicare space. We've seen those visits go up. 
And so we decided proactively for 2022 that all Aetna Medicare plans are going to cover telehealth and they're going to cover it for primary care, for specialty care, for urgent care, and even for mental health. So I think that our members are going to be excited to have flexibility, right? Maybe they're going to yes. go to their primary care doctor for that comprehensive exam at no copay. Maybe they're going to run down to their health hub to have that skin lesion check that just popped up. And then they're going to do an audio conferencing visit with their specialist for follow-up. So they've got a whole lot of options out there so that they can continue to not delay, but get their care taken care of and stay healthy. Awesome. I want to touch more on the, the technology side. You mentioned telehealth, but before that, you mentioned the term health hub. Can you uh, clarify what that is? Yeah, that's that's a bonus for us. When, when you talk about Aetna and CVS Health coming together, it's given us the opportunity to bring healthcare closer to our members right into their neighborhoods. And so you may know that 85 to 90% of Americans live like within 10 miles of CVS pharmacy. They're on every corner, like a Starbucks, right? Yes, and yes. 900 of those CVS pharmacies have a health hub. And so a health hub is a wellness care center that our members can access. And in that care center, you're going to have a nurse practitioner, a physician's assistant, an RN, a pharmacist, and maybe even mental health support. You can go in and get acute care. You can get chronic care services. You can get preventive care. If there's something we can't deliver, we're going to set it up for you. So we have a care concierge that can help you through that whole experience. If you're a senior that's walked into a health hub and says, hey, you know, I don't know what this is. You can talk to the care concierge. They can let you know what benefits you have. They can help you shop for DME. They can set up a preventative screening test or a lab test. They may even connect you to one of our care managers if you need longer term support. Also in that health hub, I think that we can't forget to mention the pharmacist. Pharmacists yep. have been so important this year with COVID, but members are connected to their pharmacists, right? They see them all the time. They're in there getting their medications. And so the pharmacists have developed what we call pharmacy panels, and they will connect a pharmacist, your local pharmacist, with the eligible Aetna member, and they'll complete an in-person coaching or on the phone, and they'll talk about your medications or review the importance of taking your meds at certain times or with food, or maybe they'll go over your vaccinations. Maybe they'll set you up for a lab test, but again, strengthening that connection. So the health hub is just another ally. It's another resource for our members that's right there embedded in their community. Awesome. And I like what you said about the community. You said 85, 90% have a CVS within a short distance of where they reside. Yeah. And I, at the health conference that I mentioned, I attended, um, one of your leaders, and forgive me, I, I was trying to look at my notes quickly while you were chatting. I couldn't find it, but he mentioned that. And so that's one of the things, CVS Health, um, you know, you guys are, I would say, one of the few that when it comes to like accessibility yeah. and um, equity, like you guys are ahead of the game um, versus where others are. So uh, that's a really, really good point. Um, lastly, uh, I mentioned technology. So you mentioned, you know, there's the public health emergency, telehealth got reimbursed a little bit more easily for everybody. Um, so how are you guys convincing seniors to try this out? You mentioned the Papa Pal, so maybe that's, that's, a, part. Okay, that's part of it, but how do you convince them to run, to adapt, right? Yeah, it, it's tough. And I think the, the, First of all, I think most seniors have really jumped into that age quicker than we thought. 
Yeah. I think a lot of us have said, you know what, they're just going to want to go to their doc's office and do the traditional way. But that really hasn't been what we've seen. We've seen nice. just a huge rise in seniors accessing telehealth, being at a place where they feel comfortable at home and being able to have that interaction with their doc. I think seniors, seniors are also using it for communication, right? They're becoming more active on FaceTime, on Skype, on WhatsApp, on WebEx. And so they're getting into that mold. But we're going to meet seniors where they are and what they need. And so if they still want those traditional ways or they don't want to set up the video, they can still just use telemedicine for audio conferencing with their docs. So there's a lot of ways that we're trying to encourage them to utilize whatever resources we have out there that they feel convenient. To, to utilize. I think another one we're doing is our healthy home visit. I think you've probably heard of those before. Right now, I think healthy home visits are more important than they've ever been because we're coming out of this time, at least I hope we're coming out of this time where we've been isolated because of, of COVID. And so this is an opportunity for a senior to have a physician or a physician assistant to come into their home, whether it's physically coming in or by an audio, audio conference. You've got this clinician right in your house. They're going to answer all your questions, whether it's about your medications, whether it's about your chronic issues, talk about nutrition, kind of look your house over, make sure there's no fall risk. Just doing everything we can to make seniors feel comfortable in their homes and be able to live healthy lives. So I encourage them to take care of that, take advantage of that healthy home visit because I think it's a, a huge option right now. Awesome. Awesome. I, I mentioned that might be the last question. I actually have one more. Is there anything new that we haven't touched on for 2022 that Aetna is uh, rolling out on the supplemental benefit side? Yeah, I would say dental. We know that dental health is so important for seniors. It, it's what keeps your whole body healthy by taking care of your teeth and even prevents readmissions. Yeah. And so it's, it's really something that we've listened to our members and created a new innovative innovative dental design. This program will allow seniors to access dental for comprehensive or preventative up to a benefit allowance, and they can go to in-network or out-of-network. I know you get really close to your dentist and you don't want to lose them. So if they are out of network, you can still go to that dentist to have that care taken care of. We're also working really aggressively to expand our dental network. So that benefit allowance will go farther if you do use it in network. But a rich plan that has been embedded into many of our MA products and I think is super important for seniors. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you have been a wealth of information. I did some, we did some rapid fire and you were clear, <laughs> concise, compelling. So uh, Dr. Jamie Sharp, Chief Medical Officer of Aetna Medicare has been our guest. Any final words for our audience, uh, Jamie? You know, I'm excited about AEP and taking care of our seniors. I think we're going to have some great plans for 2022. And I really thank you for your time today. Absolutely, Jamie. So folks, again, annual enrollment period ends, I believe. Am I getting this right? December 7th? It's right around there. Yep. All right. Cool. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Jamie, thanks again for joining the show today. Take care. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Pop Health Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you have and want to check out other episodes, visit us at pophealthpodcast.com, iTunes or Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, and now YouTube as well. Take care.